Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Carol Ehlers, who will be giving a lecture entitled Making a Connection, Introduction to French Modernism, at the Butterworth Center this Sunday, April 15th, at 3 p.m. This is a free lecture given in advance of the upcoming French Modern exhibit to be held at the Figgy Art Museum, and which opens in October. Numerous community organizations are collaborating on French-themed events throughout the summer and fall in anticipation of its opening, ranging from the symphony to the ballet to a variety of restaurants who will be serving French-themed food and wine. So, Carol, thank you so much for talking today. Glad to be here. Yeah. There's so much anticipation already about this exhibit, and your lecture will help introduce people to what they may find there. Um, Tell us uh, a little bit more about what people may expect if they come to hear your talk. Okay, um, you know, why the talk? Well, the Figgy, as you mentioned, is partnering so many people. And so the Butterworth approached me about giving a talk in the spring so we could introduce and prepare them for what's coming in the fall. Um, the, the exhibit is very hard to cover because it's 100 years of art, 1850 to 1950. And, of course, it all started with the French Revolution in Paris. And that was a time of revolution really throughout Europe, um, right? It was after what we think of really the traditional French Revolution, but um, it was part of a, a revolution that took place across Europe, including Italy and Germany and a variety of other countries. Do you know the 1848 revolution was incredible what it did for Paris. Uh, Napoleon III assumed presidency of the Second Republic. And he's, he had been in London. He hadn't spent a lot of time with Paris, but he had been in London, and he knew that he wanted to make Paris the modern city. And what's interesting is he, about 1850, he decided that he was going to change it. But he had a two-year term. And what happened was that after two years, he couldn't be elected, but he made himself the emperor. So uh, Napoleon III becomes the second empire. And with that being an empire, he could renovate Paris. And so he connected with Hausmann, 1853. It's incredible what he did. And those of you that have been to Paris know what I'm talking about. He put in sewer systems. He put in gas lights. He put in streets. um, He put in, he commerged all of the commercial uh, public transportation so he had omnibuses, and these were horse-drawn carriages. Uh, they carried 36 million. Part of Paris' success was he annexed so much area, and he converted public parks, and it's just incredible. But because of this population growth, Paris became the center of the Europe. He was far above London far above anything else, and it was economically successful. Mm-hmm. Which is probably part of the reason, maybe a large part of the reason, why French art flourished so well 
after that after that period of time. You're entirely right. And what's interesting about the exhibit is the exhibit has um, it has uh, 56 artifacts, if I remember right. But anyway, they vary in size, they vary in subject matter. But one thing that they have common about all the artists is they were interested in the avant-garde. They were interested in new innovation. And the problem was that here we have Paris, which is modern, and yet we have the French Academy, which is a government-sponsored department that controlled the art. And the Academy had not kept up. Um, the Academy had a show once a year, the French Salon, and you had to submit, but your submission had to relate to what the Academy wanted. And also they gave a scholarship to Italy. But the Academy was so strong, even though Paris was so modern, it was so conservative, that it said your subject matter had to be about history. It had to be about mythology. It had to be about the Bible or even the government. Well, the artist at that time said, why are we painting the past? Why shouldn't we be painting the real world? Mm-hmm. So that was really responsible for the the changes. The, there were so many movements, so many artistic movements that really took place after that period of time that we're talking about, after 1850, um, right? It, it kind of moved from classical to more realistic paintings, um, telling stories of everyday life. So when I was going to do my talk, how do you cover a hundred years? How do you cover a Paris that is so modern? So I started to look at the different styles because there was realism, there was realism along with Barbizon School, Impressionism, Post-Impressionism, Favism, Cubism, Surrealism. And I knew that I wanted to cover all of those styles But certainly with 45 minutes to 60, you had to. So I decided I would do each style, but I would pick one or more artists from each of the styles who were in the exhibition. And I do want to go back to this exhibition that's coming. The exhibition that's coming is from Brooklyn, and Brooklyn has a wonderful European collection. And it sounds like um, uh, the Brooklyn Museum started collecting these French modern pieces around the turn of the century um, and have uh, amassed an amazing assortment, not just paintings, but sculptures, a lot of Rodin sculptures, um, I believe. And um, we are so fortunate to have it here. Um, the uh, major exhibits, exhibitions endowment through the Figgy, I think, was responsible financially for allowing this to come here. You're right. Um, We can thank the members of the Figgy and also the donors to the annual drive and the sponsorship for us to enable to have this particular exhibit. Um, When I was deciding for the talk, you know, who do I pick? Uh, It's almost like I became the French Academy. I was deciding who was the one (laughs) that I wanted to fit my subject. That's quite a role. (laughs) I'm just going to mention who I've picked, and people who are in the audience can relate, but recognize who I picked is just a small part of the exhibit that's coming in the fall. So for realism, I picked Courbet. For Barbizon School, I picked Malay, Corot, Breton. And then I put in Edward Manet. Edward Manet doesn't really fit any style, but he certainly led the role for Impressionism. So that's why I picked him. 
Uh, for Impressionism, of course, it's Claude Monet. Um, it's also Calibat and Renoir. What's interesting about the exhibit, um, we have seen, you know, the water lilies, and we're very familiar with Giverny, but the exhibit brings a seascape. And I'm so glad that they did bring a seascape because in 1882, when Claude Monet was broke, um, he went out and he did lots of seascape. And it really was the start of finances for him. So I am going to be spending a little time on the life of Claude Monet and why seascapes were so important. Uh, Calibat, I selected for Impressionism. Renoir, post-Impressionism, we have Paul Cezanne coming. And what's interesting about the Paul Cezanne painting is normally he doesn't do villages. But we, this, is the, this is a village scene. For Favism, of course, we've got Henri Matisse, and we have Duran and Dufay. Certainly, Dufay is my favorite. A lot of people aren't familiar with him. But not only does he do wonderful artwork, but he also does fashion design. And we have Cubism and Surrealism also. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to mention that, you know, Brooklyn is bringing the 19th century France and before the exhibit comes, I would encourage people to come to the Figgy and see we have 19th century America. So it's nice to see the comparison. And we also have a gallery that has 18th and 19th century European. So it'll be nice to be able to know what's at the Figgy and then to see what this exhibit and to be able to do the connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. And also at the Figgy, they have the illustrated catalog for the, the show available for purchase. Do you know, I cannot say enough about this particular catalog. Most people who know me know I love books, but I like this particular catalog because it includes all of the images that are at the, that will be in the exhibit. It includes a full page of color and then also one page of writing. And the writing is written that it's almost like a novel. It's fun to read. Um, it costs $55, but if you're a member, of course, it's reduced um, because of the member discount. And it's available in the gift shop now. And personally, I like to get a catalog before I see an exhibit because then I can read. And when I come to the exhibit, I seem to have enjoy it much more because I have that background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, for those people who want to probably get the maximum amount of, uh, of learning and knowledge and have the best experience seeing the exhibit, hearing your lecture ahead of time, reading through the catalog if you have the opportunity to do so, and just acquainting yourself with this period of time um, uh, would, be, would be what I certainly would recommend. Well, and I would encourage people, if you're not a member, that you would join. But if you're not a member, uh, the Figgy has the website. And they're going to be doing a lot of programming relating to this. And, of course, they're going to be giving lots of tours, too, for the exhibit. Right. The tours are led by the docents. And, Carol, you are a docent yes. at the Figgy. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What, what, does, what does a docent do and what kind of training do they have? Well, first of all, uh, being a docent, you know, I think one common core of all of the docents is we love learning, and so, and we love art. So the combination is a great. What we do is we give tours for school groups that come into the Figgy, 
And right now we're doing the river currents, so it's a very busy time. River currents, I should pronounce that correctly. But anyway, it's a very busy time for us because all of the fifth graders in the area are coming in. But it isn't just the tours for the school groups. We give tours for birthday parties. We give tours on Sunday for adults or families. Um, We also host in galleries for many events, which is just a fun thing to do. And of course, the last time, the other thing is we have an art cart. And so many times we'll have the cart in the gallery, which will have hands-on activities to do. Uh, To be a docent, there are some requirements. You have to be a FIGI member. Um, You buy a text. It's a great textbook on history of art. And there's a training course that's 20 hours. And um, right now you would want to sign up for the fall because the training courses are running from August to September. And then they have the docent membership program. There are about 10 hours in that. And that's a great program because if you're uncomfortable or if you're not ready, what you get to do is you get to shadow a docent. And even though I've been a docent for five years, I like to shadow because sometimes a docent will ask a question that just seems to fit the painting or maybe they have an image. So the docent program is an active and... um, and a great program to be involved in, if you like art and if you like learning. And it's run by Heather Aronson and then also by Melissa Moore. Yes, we have two. Um, Heather Aronson organizes the tours, but then Melissa does the training, and she is the head of the education department. Mm-hmm. What I love about the program is that there are so many lectures throughout um, throughout the time, not just when you're going through training, but whenever a new exhibit comes, there are lectures and discussions, and and it's uh, a really in-depth, serious learning uh, process. I I did, um, not only do you have to do the training to begin with, but once a month there is training, and it's on the exhibits coming in, and this month we're going to be training on the wiki. It's an internal program where we can access information about artists and about the exhibits coming up. I do kind of laugh because the exhibit is, the figgy is changing exhibits so often that it's making us docents work harder. (laughs) That's a good thing. (laughs) So there's more for us to view as well. Right, right. So for people who may feel um, either intimidated or just really want a more in-depth experience seeing the upcoming French Modern exhibit, they can arrange a docent-led tour. Yes. um, I would encourage you probably to call Heather and you would want to do that. You know, if you know you have family coming into town or you have a group that you want to host, I'm sure we're going to be busy when the exhibition comes. But we are giving tours right now um, if they want to have a tour of the collection that we have at the Figgy. Great. We'll post on the online uh, version a link to that. So if somebody does want to set up a private tour, then they, they can do that. Well, Carol Ehlers, thank you so much for talking uh, with us today. I would encourage anyone who wants to learn more about the upcoming French Modern Exhibit to attend uh, her talk at the Butterworth Center this Sunday. That's at 3 p.m., and it's a free event to the public. The Butterworth Center is located at 1105 8th Street in Moline. Thank you. You're welcome. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK. Theme music is provided by a Quad City legend, the late Ellis Cal.